0: Oh, welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Brad. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What do you have to, you big Tennessee Homer? <laughs> Hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, I'm doing well, according a Late Podcast, so th- mm. there's no promises. This is going to be a great one, but we, <laughs> but we yeah. do got some good clips here. You know what? We got great clips. We got terrible commentary,
1: so just preparing <laughs> you right now. No, You know how I do when I get a little bit late. I've been going all day, Mike. Uh, yeah. Youngin had uh, softball and everything, so I had to get out there and yell at the coaches for a little bit, but... All in all, it's been a pretty good day. Uh,
0: weather's coming in. How, how are you doing, man? Oh yeah, pretty good. We had a little bit of a hail storm up here in Nashville, so I'm I'm right there with you. I was just hoping and praying we had electricity and internet so that we could actually record this show. You were probably fingers crossed we didn't have it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you're doing a little better in Stetson Bennett, huh? Did you
1: see that video going viral, Mike? If you haven't seen it, TMZ has released the body cam uh Stetson when he got arrested down there in Texas and uh yeah I don't I don't think it was that bad but you know I mean he's drunk so he's gonna say some stupid stuff and I would imagine that in the 45 minutes he was probably in that cruiser what they got out of him really wasn't that bad but man people love to pile on people when they're having bad days you know so yeah I got a chance Shane I've done a lot worse when I was that age and that drunk you know what Absolutely. I'm glad they didn't have body cams when I was growing up, Mike. I've been in the back of a cruiser before. My dad's law enforcement, too. He's the one that took me to jail. So, I mean... But it wasn't my fault. I was just around bad people. So no, I'm not. I'm not pointing any fingers here, Mike. You know he's. I guess he's really a kid though. I mean he is 38. You know, so he's probably older than <laughs> half them cops that arrested him. But but uh, I think he'll learn from this. I think it'll make him a better player in the NFL.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, that's a tough transition, Shane. But I actually I do have one that'll go naturally into Georgia. Let's give a shout out real quick to uh, Adam Sparks, covers Tennessee for. Uh, The Knoxville News Sentinel, I believe, USA Today Network, and he has uh, found the data here, Shane, for how much every SEC team spent in their recruiting budget for last Hmm. season. So I got all that data right here. I'm not going to try to kill you with numbers here, but... Right off the bat, no surprise, I think I already gave it away. Who do you, who do you think, Shane, spends more money than anybody in the SEC and their number one in the country in recruiting budget? Recruiting budget?
1: Yes, uh, sir. Shit, man. I'd
0: say Alabama. Shane, you, miss, you I could tell. It's, Texas A&M. It's a night one. We, we were talking Stetson, Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, oh. I, I thought that was a layup It You teed there. it up. Well, I Georgia. didn't think Georgia
1: needed to recruit anymore. You know, they just they just go down there, win national championships. Then all these five stars come down to Athens. I thought that's how it works. So no, oh. okay. So that uh, how much are they spending?
0: Little over three point one million dollars.
1: Nah, no, that doesn't sound right. That that's Mike. You uh-huh. better believe there's more money involved than three point eight million dollars.
0: You know what I'm saying? Don't you well, think? I I think this is mostly like traveling, getting the recruits to campus. Oh, okay. Uh, housing them for their visits. Uh, there there's money you can spend on the meals and, and so everything they beat, that goes with. They it. beat Texas. Yes, sir. I, we'll get oh. to Texas here in a second. Okay. And Texas, not even number one in that state. Shane from the SEC. Texas A&M, number three in the country. Two point nine million. It's the same number as Tennessee. Tennessee. I don't have the exact numbers here, but both of them two point nine million dollars. So, yeah, A and M Tennessee they recruit well for a reason. I mean, I, I know we know they got established coaches, great fan bases, great stadiums, but they're also spending that money. You know what? Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely, man. I like it, and, and but that's what you got to do. Yeah, it's it's not pay to play. I, I don't want to say that, but. You got to get exposure. You got to get these kids on campus. So you got to spend the money. So is there a cap on this thing or are they just, Unlimited. you could just kind of do whatever you want?
0: Yeah. And I should clarify, Shane, I'm not talking NIL deals and yeah. under the table. Uh, maybe that's where your mind was going when you said, what, yeah, yeah, that's one. where I no went. No, no. no, this is how much <laughs> yeah, that's, the schools. That's one wild weekend spent. in Knoxville, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but how about this, Shane? This gave me hope. Because there's been a lot of, uh, you know, pessimism with Oklahoma coming to the SEC. How can they compete in this mighty conference? Well, how about this, Shane? Under their new coach Brent Venables, number five in the country, two point six million Oklahoma okay. spent in recruit. That's what they're gonna have to do. They, you know, we're in a yeah. big boy league now. We ain't in a two team league Absolutely. anymore. You gotta spend if you're Oklahoma and right next to them, Texas, 2.4. So, Oklahoma was number five in the country. Texas, number six in the country. Mm-hmm. I love to see that, Shane, because that, that's just another indication that the SEC made the right decision. They're bringing in two programs that are committed to spending the money it takes to compete in the SEC. Absolutely.
1: And look for those to rise, man. When they start getting a little bit of that Disney money, yeah. buddy, I mean, they're already in the top five. <laughs> Come on, watch out. Texas, Oklahoma are going to be scary when they get more money behind recruiting.
0: Now, how about this, Shane? This is stunning to me. Now, I don't, I don't know the the complete the behind the scenes, but uh, obviously we had the COVID year, so I think that may have mm-hmm. messed with some of these numbers. But Alabama, number seven, and, and why I bring up the COVID year? Because according to uh, Adam Sparks reporting, Alabama spent five hundred and twenty-seven thousand on recruiting two years ago. Yeah. And then up to two point three. So I just wanted to make that note, man. They. They recruited. That budget went way up. Shade Alabama. Yeah. Fit, remember, they finished second recruiting. Nick Saban said, "By God, that ain't happening again." Spending yeah. the money now, they're number one again. So I don't know if that played a factor or not, but it's just it's pretty wild that they nearly increased the budget by two million. You know what? Well, I mean, it's kind of wild. I, I'm trying to
1: make something of these numbers. You, you're looking at Georgia, there national champs back to back. You got yeah. Alabama had a little bit of an off year, but. They're spending money. Tennessee having the best season they've had in a long, long time. Texas A&M is the only one that's skewed a little bit, but yep. we know they
0: got the talent down there. So I, I, I think there may be something to this, brother. And how about this one, Shane? This one is, I think if I'm a Florida fan, you know, you're not quite thrilled with what Billy Napier has done yet on the field, but they're killing it in recruiting number yes. 10 in the country, Florida. Now, this, this is – I don't think it's got anything to do with COVID, Shane. I think this is Billy Napier influence. We went from $391,000 was our budget, 1.6 last yeah. season. So, you know, he he's hired an army down there, and this is their job, get elite prospects to Gainesville. So, if nothing else, I mean, that's a great sign that Billy Napier's got this thing pointed in the right direction, at least on the recruiting trail.
1: Yeah, and I think that's something he wanted to cover when he got down there, you know, and and upgrading the facilities, making... Gainesville look more attractive to recruits that are coming in. I know I know. your boy said they don't need a barber, but, man, Gainesville needs a barber down there, you know. <laughs> Just put all that money in recruiting. And, and that's, you know, if you're not winning on the field, as long as you're winning on the recruiting trail, I think it will it, 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 eventually it bounces out. You know what I'm saying? Right. So um, I, I love that my team, if I'm a Florida Gator fan, is is making this much commitment to getting these recruits on campus.
0: Now next is Auburn, sixteen in the country. I, I have to imagine Shane with Hugh Freeze. Oh yeah. we're, we're doing this list next year. They're going to be way up the list because they're going to yeah. add that commitment. Ole Miss was nineteen, and how about this, Shane? This is again this is Lane Kiffin effect. He has demanded that you know we have more of a commitment. Ole Miss went from one hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars spent on recruiting to one point two million dollars. So <laughs> over a million. More dollars to the recruiting for Ole Miss, which rated them number 19 in the country. Arkansas, 21. Missouri, 22. That's another one, Shane, that went from 175000 to 1. $1.2 So they're making yeah. the commitment there under Drink. South Carolina, number 26. I think that says a lot about Shane Beamer and their ability to recruit if they're only spending that type of money. Kentucky, 35. LSU, this is stunning, Shane. LSU number forty six. I don't What's understand their that look one.
1: Like? Do you got the? Do you got a year breakdown on them? Well, like it's just pre-
0: it, this is according to Adam Sparks. He says they had a fifty four percent reduction in recruiting expenses uh, I, I, due to the pandemic. So okay, I would imagine that number is going to skyrocket back up. But yeah, it's just it's just weird to see them all the way down there. And then last, Mississippi State number forty eight. We do not have. Vanderbilt's number because they're a private school they do not have to uh, publicly report these things but uh, I don't know I just thought SEC fans would be kind of interested to see how much money their team is spending on recruiting
1: yeah I think I think the biggest surprise on that list like you said was LSU Um, a little surprise in Arkansas you know a team that's got a lot of good boosters down there a lot of money yeah, uh, I I would think there would be a little bit more commitment to recruiting down there as well. Is there any other surprises on that list for you?
0: Uh, you know, I mean, again, South Carolina being so low is it, that's interesting considering how well Shane Beamer and company and, and you may have hit on it, Shane. I mean, Texas number six, we're not. Overlooking $2.4 million, that's a lot of money. But when I think of Texas, I think we do it bigger in Texas, right? (laughs) Biggest budget. I mean, they make more in their their sports than anywhere. Uh, I'm kind of surprised Texas is not in the top two or three. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm really –
1: don't be surprised if they don't move up the list either. You know, that's the one that I've – them, the Tigers. There's going to be a few. There's going to be some adjustments here. But you say what you want. We're talking – teams and not just sec team rankings man this is college teams period you know and and all but maybe one of them is top 25 so yep. they're spending the money down here man
0: yeah well hey i was just talking about shane beamer shane let's kick it on down to columbia real quick where uh beamer recapped the recent scrimmage and i gotta be honest with you shane he, he didn't have a ton to say about the scrimmage that I thought was really worth kind of sharing. I think they're kind of keeping it close to the vest. But the one thing, and I think if I'm a Gamecock, I love to hear this, Shane, because there's all this hype, there's all this positivity for the second offseason in a row down there in South Carolina. Expectations are sky high. Well, I just love the fact that Shane Beamer, I mean, he's basically putting, not singling anybody out. He's
2: here.
0: (laughs) He's not singling anybody out, Shane. But he says, hey, if you're not putting in the the time, the effort, I don't care what your experience is, basically you're going to lose your job. And I love the fact he said some of these players are going to be stunned when they see the, the end of results. So let's kick it over to Shane Beamer real quick on the end of the camp needs to be their best football yet I just thought this was a great comment and and, you know you're coming up on your last few actual practices before the spring game is there anything that you want to see to kind of close out the practice portion of of the spring whether it's just more polish
3: from guys or, or or what's what's important for you to see as a head coach the last few practices
4: uh, just how we continue to <clears throat> progress um, and get better. That's what I talked to the team about last after practice. Like w- the human nature is okay. We're 10 practices down. Next week's the last week of spring break. Uh, we got Easter weekend coming up. Human nature is to go, whew, all right, we're good. And just kind of coast. And And I talked to the team about this today. I went back and like this week last year, we didn't do a great job. Academically, we didn't do a great job keeping the locker room clean, a lot of things like that, where maybe last year we took a breath and and, and um, didn't get better. That's what I'm looking for is how we continue to get better players, coaches, all of us, uh, every single person in this building, there's no complacency, and there better not be any complacency after 10 practices with one week of spring practice left. We got a, a lot of work to do, and uh, that's what I want to see, how we continue to progress and get better. And then also, um, you know, some of these older guys, do they continue to take a step and improve or do they get caught by some of these young guys? Y'all have been around here long enough or followed been around me long enough to know that, you know, there's no jobs that are given here right now. You earn and compete for everything. And if anybody's getting complacent and think they've got a job locked up, they're going to be shocked here, you know, pretty quickly. And I want to see these young guys continue to come along and, and push, these, uh, push these older guys. All right, Chase, so uh-huh. hey, I mean, he's putting some of these guys on notice again, not naming names,
0: but this is what you gotta do, right? When you're, I'm not certainly saying the Game Talks are out here reading the press clippings or anything, but yeah, right. I think comments like this ensure that that doesn't happen. If that makes sense,
1: kind of feels like a, a note out of Saban's book here, don't it? Like this wasn't for us, right. this was for the players. This is yeah. a a reminder that you take your foot off the gas, you lost your job. So I think that's where South Carolina is at right now. They can't afford for a letdown because it does, I mean, this this is a kickoff for for summer. This is a kickoff for, you're setting momentum, you know, up for fall. You're, you're about to let these guys loose. And you don't want to see that during the, you know, two, three weeks that you're in practice that they're already letting up. You want to see it 100 miles an hour, knowing that these kids are going to continue to work hard because if they don't here the next couple months, they will not have that starting job when they hit
0: campus. Right. All right, Shane Nix, let's kick it on down to Fayetteville. We're same deal here. Sam Pittman uh, recapped a recent scrimmage down there in Fayetteville. And, Shane, remember last week, go back and check it out. If you missed it, we did the uh, the over-unders. Shane went over. I went under. I might be back on the bandwagon, man, (laughs) because, man, this is exactly what Uh, I wanted to hear from Sam Pittman. The defense, you know, they struggled mightily, no – not any breaking news saying that but with a new defensive coordinator Travis Williams we'll get to some comments uh in just a moment on that but Sam Pittman was asked right out the gate what stood out from the scrimmage he's all over this defense loves what he's seeing and Landon Jackson Shane is is someone that I was hearing buzz about last year elite high school recruit went to LSU but quickly transferred to Arkansas sounds like he is making his presence felt now in his second year at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Let's kick it over to Sam Pittman.
1: Hey, coach. Yeah, i just uh, hoping you could tell us uh, just anything about the scrimmage. Uh, what your overall thoughts were?
5: Well, I was really impressive. Uh, impressed, excuse me, with the defense. Um, I thought. Landon Jackson had as good a day as he's had since he's been here. I thought he was so impressive. I really like our defensive ends, uh, you know, with Stu and Zach and Nico and John and, and of course, uh, Jeff Cope. Those guys, I think we're pretty – I think we're pretty we're, – we're coming along with pretty talented there. We're a little short on the inside because Cam Ball's got a high ankle. I was impressed with our linebackers um I really was uh with Greer Crook and Paul Manny Powell play, played a lot better I was impressed with those guys the way they you know we blitzed quite a little bit and uh, you know we had a we had a breakdown a little bit we got beat in a two-minute situation at corner for a touchdown late in the scrimmage uh, and then we got beat another time uh, in the secondary uh, but other than that I thought that that they tackled well we had 122 plays trey and uh situational we you know obviously we went second and played third then we went third and played fourth um but for the most part in that scrimmage the defense uh got the better of of the offense i thought kj did well uh, tackling was pretty good for the first scrimmage so I don't really know how good we are in the secondary yet because, to be perfectly honest with you, we didn't have a lot of time to throw the football. And uh, that says something about the defensive uh, line. So
4: that's... Sam, you mentioned Landon Jackson earlier. Uh, How is he different or better than maybe when the season ended and what, what led to his big day Saturday? I think if you look
5: back, Landon didn't, you know, he had come off ACL. He was tall and thin. I mean, he was skinny. Uh, and he was playing uh, about three-quarter speed, and he got a little bit better as the year went on. Now he's uh, bigger, uh, confident, long. I mean, he's a problem now, and, and a good problem. He's on our team, but he's a problem if you're an offensive lineman. And, I mean, it's just his speed and his size right now that I mean, he's, he's, he's been hard to block. All right, and not just Landon Jackson, but Trajan Jeffcoat, the Missouri transfer.
0: This is a guy that that Sam Pittman has mentioned many times this spring as standing out. But
2: man, you <laughs> got to love
0: that if you're an Arkansas fan, right? The right. defense defense getting better. That's that's critical to our success next season. I like it. He's like they're going to be a problem, but
1: not a problem for us because they're on our team. <laughs> <laughs> i love it man it just uh, this is what you want to hear from your coach man this is this is convincing me you know here i i felt like i went on a little bit of a limb and, and took the over with arkansas but when a coach comes out and he's not just talking about defense he's talking about depth on defense and, and that's exactly where arkansas has struggled is, is those twos and threes stepping up and being playmakers so it, it just seems like that side's really coming along so that's very encouraging
0: Right, and the other noteworthy thing I thought he said, Shady was asked, new defensive coordinator Travis Williams, new offensive coordinator Danny Enos, of course, that's a huge talking point in Fayetteville this offseason. What's the biggest thing those guys bring? Again, I, th- I love these comments that he shared with a new defensive coordinator and, and, frankly, a new defensive staff. Let's kick it over to Sam Pittman one more time.
5: Uh, the most significant change that Dan Enos and Travis Williams are bringing contrasting to what was done previously? Well, we're we're in a whole different front, you know, on defense. Um, We're very aggressive on, very aggressive on defense. Uh, So I think that would be the most significant change. uh, You know, um, the kids are really adapting to T. Will and Woodson and Wilson and, and of course, Deke's back, but uh, they have a really good rapport uh, with the kids. Um, Dan is um, a totally different style in um, that it's more of a pro-style offense. And to me, there's a lot of um, identification and reads before you snap the bowl, ball in a pro-style offense. And in a quick, fast pace, uh, a lot of your decision making comes after the snap of the ball. And uh, so I think that's probably the biggest difference. Now, KJ, you know, and we're going under center some, you know, and uh, KJ's really taken to that. I, I, I got to say this I think Criswell, uh, over the last two practices, is starting to catch on and he's showing his arm strength and his accuracy. So. Been really pleased with those two guys, but I'd say that's probably the biggest difference in a pro style, which Dan brings to us in a in a fast paced offense.
0: No disrespect to Barry Odom by any means, because I yeah. I thought he was outstanding. I, I've said it many times. People probably tired of me saying it. He won them <laughs> a couple games, uh, some of the big time games because of you know matchups against Ole Miss, against Texas. I mean, those games were won because Barry Odom came up with some masterful game plans, but at times, Shane, you know, sitting back, keeping everything in front of you, dinking dunking on defense, you know, maybe there's a reason why the defense struggled so much, particularly when guys went down. So now we're we're switching it up. We're being more aggressive. We're trying to force the issue. I love these comments as well.
1: No, I do too, Mike. And sometimes you need a a new start, you know, a fresh start, even though Sam's been up there for a little bit. I think this is good, not just for the fans, but also for the players because. You know, if you've ever played defense, Mike, it's just it's more fun when you can pin your ears back, you know, and you can be a little bit more aggressive. Are there going to be mistakes made? Absolutely, but I'd rather make those mistakes than sit back on my heels and, and like you said, get dinked and dunked on, and and then we walk away saying, "Well, shit, we just we never put them away." You put them away by some aggressive defense, causing those turnovers and making Arkansas fun, you know. So I, I like these comments.
0: Yeah. All right, Shane, sticking in the SEC West, let's kick it on down to uh, Oxford where Lane Kiffin met with the media here recently. And no surprise, the Lane train in his offense a little bit ahead of schedule compared to Pete Golding, first-year mm-hmm. defensive coordinator down there and the, his defensive unit still implementing a, a new four-down lineman system here. Let's kick it over to Lane Kiffin who – you know, it's starting to sound, Shane, like uh, – I don't, I don't want to say this is quarterback competition's over. I think that's very premature. But all indications are Jackson Dart has showed up and, and showed out, whereas yeah. uh, Spencer Sanders, a little dinged up. Walker Howard, he's got all the talent in the world, but his first year in the system. It would only yeah. be natural if he's a little bit behind here in spring. So, uh, here's Kiffin talking about all that. Obligatory quarterback question. But,
4: you know, what what are you seeing from the guys – Behind Jackson, maybe pushing at him right now.
3: Uh, I think they're doing a really good job. I think both learning new systems that are very different from the system that they were in. Um, I think, and then Spencer's been limited from a physical standpoint. So uh, I think anytime you have new guys like that, they'll be a little behind, and then you usually see a jump late in spring, early early fall camp for them. First scrimmage Saturday, what were you kind of wanting to see in
0: that first one, and what did you see out of looking back on the film?
3: Uh, I thought we'd I mean, it's always good and bad uh, when one side plays well. There were too many exposed plays defensively, so it means we were making them on offense. Um, too many sacks with pass protection. Uh, so, again, issues on offense, but good stuff on defense. So, just a lot of work to do. they
4: think we'll be chatting
0: with All right, Shane. So – <laughs> again, no no surprise here. Kiffin, uh, again, he's kind of keeping things close to the vest here, but uh, it is interesting that he's opening up and at, at least admitting that uh, the offense is you know playing pretty well under Jackson Dart. That, that, that's something – because I, I think if Ole Miss is going to have a big season, Shane, as, as excited as, as some fans may have been to get Spencer Sanders, yeah. as excited as they were when they got Walker Howard, I'm not talking about the future. I'm just talking about this season. If Ole Miss is going to be as good as they possibly can, I think the path to that is Jackson Dart being our leader. He's won the lock. He's like a captain down there already, Um, and he's got all the talent in the world. We just didn't see it last year. I think he has got to take command and take his game to the next level. I think that's how we unlock Ole Miss's full potential. What do you think on that?
1: Yeah, I think so too, Mike. I mean, it's something – I gave him a hard time last year and I'm going to keep giving him a hard time until he, you know, steps up and proves to me that he is a, a, a upper echelon quarterback, which he has the pieces. Like you just said, he's very, very talented, yeah. but you know, he wasn't, he wasn't always an X factor. And I think that's what Ole Miss needs. They need, you know, there's going to be games that he's going to have to win with his arm and not just the leg. So I, I, I think, you know, having a quarterback competition may be the wake up call he needed. I mean, now when you're looking over your shoulder, you don't get, you're not guaranteed that you're going to have the job that makes you put in extra time at film study. It makes you work extra at practice. And like you said, I, I fully think he has the locker room, but you know, now he's proven it to his coach, it sounds like. So if he's, if Lane Kiffin's ready to roll with him, then I think Ole Miss may be in really
0: good shape. Yep. And one other thing from Lane Kiffin, and this also gets tied to uh, some potential news here, Shane. Um, you know, again, the portal king down there, they call him, yeah. adding pieces every off season. Strongly suggest they ain't done with the transfer portal. <laughs> Let's kick it over to Lane Kiffin.
1: I'm glad you played this, Mike, because what he said, I said, I can't be the only one that hurt him. He's always <laughs> selling that thing.
4: <laughs> season
3: got going. You kind of said that you expected there to be maybe be – a little bit more adding depth pieces, maybe not like starters, right? It, now that you've got all your guys, you've seen them for a few weeks, it, did that kind of play out the way you thought it would? Yeah, I think you're seeing that at linebacker. You're seeing that at offensive line um, especially. So, yeah, and we're, we're nowhere near playing a game, so we really don't have ones as much, and we rotate a lot of competition in there and stuff. But um, I think when it's all said and done, including, guys that will be added in this next window you know you're they're not going to start and be a number of them that are significant backups
0: well it also shade I, I, I was totally unaware of this but the the athletic is reporting you know originally the, the second portal window was supposed to be may 1st to may i think 14th or 15th yeah that has apparently been pushed up so oh wow april 15th to April 30th we're 10 days away Shane from this portal opening I have no idea why they pushed it up because some teams are not going to be even done with spring football so I can imagine where you know you you have a rough day on the practice field you're in the portal by the afternoon I mean that's probably going to happen I hope it doesn't but that that may happen Um, so it may be sooner rather than later that Ole Miss is adding pieces once again in the transfer portal
1: well, I think it's good you're getting them on campus sooner. But, yeah, I think the timing's kind of kind of wonky. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of butt-hurt kids out there that don't yeah. have the position they thought they were going to have. I mean, hell, we're just talking about a quarterback competition in, in Ole Miss. It, it, I mean – one of those boys may exchange out, you know, so uh, definitely, you know, if anybody, because this is something he's talked about multiple times now and reminding us that there is another window. And apparently he's been working with some kids in there already. So I, 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 I'm i definitely keeping an eye on what's going on down there in
0: Ole Miss. All right, Shane, last stop here. Let's jump on down to the plains where th- this is something that, uh, you know, we have talked about, but in the spring, you just don't – you don't want the offense to be dominating every day because then, you know, what's that say about your defense? You don't right. want your defense to be the damn steel curtain because then, it, you know, you don't got an offense. So, yeah. if nothing else, it sounds like, uh, well, Hugh Freeze seems pretty mystified on what the hell's going on down there. But at least he's saying, hey, one day the offense dominates, one day the defense dominates. Let's kick it over to Hugh Freeze. I, I got a question for you on the other side.
2: Truthfully, Wednesday was uh, the exact opposite of the previous Friday, and it was a total domination by the offense, which I don't have the luxury of leaving the practice field feeling good either way. So I thought two Fridays ago we stunk on offense, and I hope we're really good on defense. And then Wednesday I left practice thinking – we stink on defense. Maybe we're pretty good on offense. So the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Um, and we're nowhere near where we need to be on either side yet. Um, but the offense had a really good day Wednesday.
0: So having said all that, Shane, is is this the way that you would prefer it if you were a coach? One side of the ball dominating one day and the other the next? Or, or how would you – ideally want that in the spring? Hmm.
1: Ah, you know, that's a great question, Mike. And I want to answer it two ways, because part of this, I think, is a little bit of the hangover. Not the hangover, but the the continuation of, we need a scrimmage with another team. So you kind of got to play that card, it felt like, a little bit. But if I'm a coach, man, no, I think I want – if I know my defense is legit, and Mm -hmm. I want them to come out and and be – legit you know i want my offense to struggle because if that's the case my offense will get better playing that defense you know what i'm saying going back and forth and not really having a a a firm grip on on you know who's running this thing that i don't want to say worries you because you know he makes a comment hell they may be doing really good and it's and so i don't know i'm kind of torn there but if if i'm a if i'm like i said all offense or all defense i want one side to to kick ass
0: yep And so speaking of uh, the, you know, the biggest question there on the planes, who will be Hugh Freeze's quarterback come opening weekend here? And is he even on the roster? We don't know. But uh, I just love the fact that, uh, you know, this is what you're getting when you hire Hugh Freeze, whether whether you love him, you hate him, whatever. He's been in the SEC. He knows what comes with being a starting quarterback in the SEC, the pressure, not just uh, on the field, in the locker room, on campus and all that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just some interesting comments, I thought, from Hugh discussing, uh, you know, all that's asked of a quarterback at an institution like Auburn. And he gives a little insight into uh, kind of the the strengths and the weaknesses of the three guys competing for this job.
2: Solid, uh, solid. I I think he has a real chance to be a solid quarterback and – but I think the other two, again, had had good days also, um, better days. And so this this the interesting thing will be their response to the competition that's created and that has been created, um, that will continue to go on. And being the quarterback to me at an SEC school at a place like Auburn carries a lot of weight with it. And that weight doesn't end when spring practice 15 is over, and how how does that go through summer, and what does that look like in the leadership of this team, and that will all play into ultimately who gets that first nod, and <clears throat> you know it's be interesting to see how all respond to that. Uh, Robbie's po- pocket presence, quieter feet in the pocket, uh, TJ's. Um, Playing within the system um, has gotten better. He's made some accurate throws. Just sometimes the, it shouldn't have been thrown. It should have been handed off. So this was new to him. So he's done that. Uh, Holden's uh, accuracy, particularly on down the field, field throws, I think he had several explosives uh, Wednesday, I think has improved. Still got to work on his, his – he's got to get steel in the pocket too. But he's still young.
0: All right, so, so again, if nothing else, hell, I listen to all these press conferences. I mean, <laughs> when I hear these comments, I, I feel like I have a good feel for a coach that that understands everything that comes with the position, and some of them sure as hell don't, and I, I think Hugh does.
1: Well, and you know, the thing I like about it, too, it's kind of a uh, breath of fresh air, you know, down there in the plains. Yeah. Last year, all we kept hearing was just coach speak, coach speak. It's just, oh my gosh, you could, you could record the conversation you had week one. It's going to be the same that you had week eight. You know, <laughs> at least you's coming out here and it and it feels a little authentic. You know, it feels like, hey man, okay, we're not where we need to. Be. I mean, he's just telling us what he thinks, what he just saw in practice, and he's not hiding it or sugarcoating it. Yeah. I like that, Mike. Me personally, because. I have – because if you come out and you just say the, the same old same old and, and we don't see the improvement, then you feel like you're not getting improvement, you know. But mm-hmm. if Hugh's coming out and say, hey, man, we did really good on offense, but we, you know, but we did really good the other day on defense, you know. It, it's, it's just telling you the truth, I think, and, and that – I like it. I don't know. Like I said, it's just a breath of fresh
0: air. Yeah, no doubt. Well, buddy – It's a breath of fresh air just talking football (laughs) with you. But, hey, that's all we got on this episode. You got anything else before we hop off the line? no man no this is uh it's been a good one been a good week so
1: far i love talking spring ball and uh, you know hopefully we'll get again we're getting it feels like we're getting some clarity here you know i'm feeling a little bit a little bit better about the old miss quarterback situation i'm i'm feeling better about the arkansas defense you know so some of these question marks these lingering question marks that we had at the tail end of last season it feels like they're starting to get answered a little bit here so uh no that's that's what that's what i love and we're going to keep putting out content so be sure that you subscribe on the youtube channel if you want to see how good looking mike is and uh <laughs> turn notifications on he's going to be putting up the shorts and everything like that but if you if you do subscribe screenshot it send it to that sec podcast at gmail and mike will do the work of going to get you a koozie and sending it to your house because we want to we want to drink some cold beer this fall mike and i want to make sure everybody's got a koozie when they do it
0: yeah absolutely so we appreciate each and every one of you that does that that subscribes to the show in any way you can and uh, that's just our way of saying thanks to each and every one of you but i thank you buddy for showing up (laughs) one more time here i appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out we'll catch you on the next one all right see you guys go balls